0: Hello Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. Today we're going to talk some, well, let's talk some USC Trojan football because that's what we do here on the Parastyle Podcast. We've got Dan Weber on the line, got Keely You're in studio with me. I'm your host Ryan Abraham. We're going to answer your questions, talk about the latest news, of course, the reports that USC has hired Graham Harrell to be the new offensive coordinator. So we'll talk about all that. I know we got a lot of questions on that. Brew McCoy transferring out. We got to talk transfer portal lots of fun things if you got an email for if you want to email us podcast at usafootball.com. that is our email address or if you'd like to call you know leave a voicemail people still do that every once in a while they call people keely you probably don't have voicemails even on your phone but you know you can leave us a voicemail yep
2: i do i do. do have okay. voicemails mostly but, for my mom and dad but yes yeah okay
0: for <laughs> older people like myself uh 424-254- nine one four one is the number you can also text so you want to do like what the millennials do you want to do what the kids do you can text a little bit you can text with us also not going to be texting back it's not like a back and forth thing but you text us your question and we'll read it on the air uh of course download the uh podcast on all the different podcasting platforms please subscribe on itunes or any of the other ones and uh, leave us some positive feedback five-star rating i don't i haven't looked keel have you looked at our uh ratings or anything not, lately not recently all right usually we have pretty good well we've been around a long time so it helps to be up you know established for a long time but for the most part it's like five star which is great and people leave some really nice funny things so I, to, I don't look at that enough but i will check it out um you know that maybe that's your job keely we'll, we'll sure. add to your duties sounds good i like adding to your duties that's fun <laughs> so, <okay. laughs> things, things that i don't have to do uh well we got dan weber on the line hello dan how are you
1: doing good uh better uh better that they've got an offensive coordinator it looks like uh much better uh you know the sun is out today uh for usc football it's been a kind of a dark uh, dark few weeks or more than a few weeks actually
0: yeah, there's bad news, bad news, bad news. Then they would just mix it up with a little bad news, and that's a bad news. They threw some <laughs> bad news in there. And then basketball, maybe it's this is basketball. So basketball wins three in a row. They beat UCLA, Arizona. I was actually at that game. I went to a basketball game. Yes, Arizona State. Uh, and then USC hires an offensive coordinator that people seem to be somewhat excited about. Not everybody. There's some people that aren't excited about it. And it. You know, he's a younger guy. Three years at North Texas as an offensive coordinator. It's not exactly like the greatest resume in the world, but just the pedigree you feel like it's a cliff kingsbury light sort of thing so i think for the most part dan fans seem pretty excited about this one
1: yeah i think they should because first of all it indicates that usc is going to stick with the uh commitment to the air raid and i think that's really really important i mean i think they should have gone to the air raid last year uh actually said it before the season when it was obvious they couldn't be a run first team they made too many mistakes they didn't have enough push and uh you know up front uh just didn't have the kind of discipline that it you know it took to be a run first team and uh so you know i that would have been the direction i'd have gone i'm not sure who would have coached it uh last year but uh would have liked to see him go go in that direction so for them not to give up on the air raid after they lose cliff kingsbury i think is really a good sign i i I tended to really believe clay when he explained uh why uh Cliff Kingsbury was a good choice, and it seemed like he really did believe, uh, you know, that it matches perfectly, I think, USC's current talent uh, on the roster with uh, a deep, talented wide receiving group, uh, a quarterback who's kind of a quick read, quick, uh, you know, uh, delivery guy, uh, running backs who can catch the ball, and an offensive line that's probably not going to be able to block the run. It, it, you know, when you really have to have them block the run. That's just not I know, it's not what they do. They've not been coached to do that uh, physically. They don't look like they're exactly up to do that. So I think USC is going to have to score more points, and, and, and the way they do that is is by throwing the ball in a really disciplined, up-tempo that, you know, when you've got a number of guys, let's say, running backs and uh, wide receivers who you'd like to get in the game, run more plays. USC kind of slowed things down, which, which shouldn't make a lot of sense for USC. So I think adding more plays, having more discipline, uh, more understanding, of, you know, the passing game and uh, more ability to execute it. I mean, you just think if you added, you know, and I don't think it's out of line to, you know, talk about adding close to a couple of touchdowns a game. USC's whole season changes last year with no improvement in any other part of the game that wasn't up to snuff, you know, just being able to put more points on the board. And I think that's what that's what Graham Harrell uh, should allow him to do with this, this personnel is put more points on the board. I would say probably no more three-point games or no more 14-point games against uh, um, Cal, for example. It's just not going to happen. And no games where USC gives up 34 straight points uh, like they did at Texas and Utah, where the offense just doesn't respond at all. I, I think those are gone. So for all those reasons, uh, I think it's a, it's, a, it's the best move USC could have made.
0: Yeah, I think you, you got Kingsbury was the best move, and then following up with that, I like you know going to the air raid sort of thing. I know some USC fans are not big fans of it, but um, I think that's going to work out pretty well uh, for USC. I know we have some questions uh, about... Uh, the offensive coordinator position. Before we jump into that, I just want to let everyone know about Trader Joe's. I actually had lunch today with the president of Trader Joe's, John Bassalone, who's a, a fan of the show and uh, we really appreciate his sponsorship over the years. And uh Bruce Feldman and myself and John all had lunch in El Segundo. We had a really nice time. Um if you if you haven't listened Bruce the Audible, I think it's the latest Audible. It might have been the one from last week, uh, I was on the audible with Bruce. If you want to check that one out, he also had Manny Diaz, the uh, new head coach of the uh, Miami hurricanes. Apparently it's been the most popular like podcast he's had in the last three, three months. And I tried to tell him it was because of me, not because of Manny Diaz, but maybe it's a little bit of, maybe a little bit of Manny uh, getting the new head coaching job at Miami, but it was a great lunch. We had a, a, a fun time and Dan, okay, we got a gift and I'm showing Keely this. Uh, we have a gift from John. He gave to Bruce and myself. Um, his favorite, his favorite food at Trader Joe's. Now we always talk about like, you, you like your corn pudding. I like the, yeah. uh, the uh, the um, peanut butter. Uh, you know the chocolate peanut butter cups. I love those things. It's probably my favorite thing ever. He gave us that's called Trader Joe's farm raised smoked trout fillets, skidless and canola oil. Yeah. So it's like it's sort of like in a sardine sort of can, and uh, okay. very very highly recommended. So now I have to try. Something I certainly wouldn't have tried. So I don't know if he just gave it to me so we would talk about it on the show. But I will try it out and let you guys know. But we just came back from lunch. Uh, But thanks to John. It was great. He's I mean, everyone over there we've met at Trader Joe's is so wonderful. And uh, John's John's a great guy. Uh, He listens to the podcast. His dad listens to the podcast. So thanks to – shout out to John and uh, his family, the whole Trader Joe's family.
1: Yeah, no surprise that they're the number one ranked uh, for two years in a row, number one ranked grocery chain chain in America. And and a big part of that, I think when you look at the survey itself, uh is the uh the friendliness of the staff and the, you know, their their just willingness to, you know, talk to people and listen to people and, you know, help you all the kinds of things that they do. just a, you know, special uh, special group, so uh pretty cool to be affiliated with uh, Trader Joe's.
0: Um <laughs> I got I want to jump. Or do you have anything, Keely? Or?
2: well, as we literally started this podcast, USC just came out with something called Catching Up with Clay Helton, and they essentially had to release. Uh, a written article from the USC site talking about Clay Helton, talking about uh, all the offseason things that happened. So basically in this article, they confirmed that Ivan Lewis is no longer with the team. Uh, they said that they're going to announce the offensive coordinator very soon. Uh, they also confirmed that brew uh, did transfer and Helton said that it was, uh, it was a personal decision for brew. Um, so basically it's kind of, we haven't seen this from USC athletics. They wow. had to release like a little article, basically having Helton, uh, address a lot of the off-season issues that have occurred. Um, so something new for sure.
0: Huh. Uh, you look very intent over there. I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah. I was
2: read. I was skim reading it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, wow. um, interesting. interesting. Uh, you don't uh, really Clay see who?
2: that.
1: no <laughs> we haven't really heard. But I, I do think that's something that USC uh, could approve on. You know, prove on a little bit as to you know. And I know it's easy to go into kind of a bunker mentality right now this has not been a good time. Keep your head down. Hope, you know, nobody notices you, but I just think you kind of got to address these things and, uh, and, you know, tell people how you're going to deal with them, how you're going to use them to improve and all of that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, we'll take whatever USC does in that area to to communicate to people. Uh, that's a plus. Yeah.
0: Um, I was going to mention on Twitter, I saw one, I got, I got to f I gotta I'll give a shout out to Cody B, Cody B seven sixty on Twitter. It just, you know, person like in a USC shirt and it just says the the, the profile just says sad USC fan and Padres fan. <laughs> it's like I feel <laughs> like there's a lot of sad fans out there, Dan. So maybe maybe this will be, you know, winning some basketball games, maybe, you know, hiring Graham Harrell, maybe this will make some of those, you know, sad USC fans happy again.
1: Yeah, the sun's out for a day or so. I think we're getting rain tomorrow and uh you know, basketball, they got to go play unbeaten, uh, uh, you know, Washington, uh, tomorrow night coached by the, uh, the guy who was the runner up to Andy Enfield for the USC job. So, uh, you know, not an easy, uh, easy task for him tomorrow night. One of the interesting things is they take with them, um, USC's got three Seattle kids, uh, you know, in the rotation and they're, you know, playing, playing back at home. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, a plus or, or not, but, uh, uh, I, I think it's worth watching at I think it's eight o'clock tomorrow night. I think FS1. I think it'd be worth uh, worthwhile watching uh, watching the game. Um, it, you know, they're two games behind Washington, but uh, and and they haven't played well on the road. So this is really really a big deal game for them after their three game uh, home stand. Uh, you know, winning those games. Now take it on the road uh, and see what they can do.
0: We have some, uh, from this email that was sent out or tweet. we have some breaking news. Not really. People ask, like, when spring football is going to be. So it's going to be the first week of March, like we thought. Um, thought that maybe if the, the offensive coordinator thing took a little bit longer, that they might delay it. But they will not. Uh, first week of March through mid-April. So most likely, whatever the spring break is, they'll get that week off. So usually they do six weeks, five weeks of practice, three days a week, usually Tuesday, Thursday. And, uh, Saturday and they said the spring football showcase, uh, the public USC spring football showcase. So it's certainly open to the public will be held on campus April 6th. Cause they're still obviously working on the Coliseum. So, uh, interesting. So if you were wondering when spring football is, and I got a lot of questions about that, that's when it will be.
1: I'm just looking through this. Do we find out, uh, where or when the spring game is? The, yeah, they
0: said March sixth. So the spring football showcase is—I'm uh, sorry, April sixth on campus.
1: Okay, on campus.
0: Yeah, but, but they, so,
1: said, Is is that is that the same thing? Is uh, I, I think that's the
0: spring game, but it won't. That doesn't sound like it's going to be the last practice of the spring either. But that'll be the yeah. That
1: wouldn't be yeah. yeah the public.
0: Yeah, they said through mid-April. So they if last year they did the same thrower thing, right? Well, I guess they did at the end. It wasn't a spring game, but it was just a little gathering on. Uh, uh cromwell field right i think they a did
1: glorified a- practice if you will yes. yeah so that then you know because it definitely they're going to go past april 6th whatever the spring football showcase is um uh, you would really like to see this is where i think uh you know you hate to you know continually second guess them but but usc you know gave over all that uh space where the um uh, um uh, you know uh hmm, can't even think of the arena was. Uh, When the arena was gone, they put in the new L.A. Football Club stadium. One would have hoped that USC would have maybe gotten some kind of an agreement with the L.A. Football Club that when, you know, for something special like a spring game, that you could have played it there. I I, I would still think you would try to, uh, I mean, that place would be perfect, you know, for a spring game. And uh, since they don't specify here, maybe there's still hope there would be a spring game. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that could be a bad thing. Yeah.
0: Um, we don't know. We don't. Uh, there's a little, some language of just kind of skimming through this as we go, since we, it's like really came out right as we started recording, which yep. is funny. Um, if something, you know, he had mentioned in, uh, I think there was the, the early signing period press conference last season. So they, you know, he said in 2016, 2017, we did those little things. Well, And won the Rose Bowl in the Pac-12 title. Last season, those things cost us close games down the stretch. So he was talking about, um, you know, focus, attention to detail, fundamentals, techniques, penalties, and turnovers. So uh, what he said, you know, mentioning that the last four losses that they had were by seven points or less. So that was something he had mentioned before, close games down the stretch. He didn't mention that one of those close games was a terrible UCLA team that only won two games, but you know, that, that's what he was talking about. So he said, my total focus this spring, therefore will be on the discipline of the game. I'll let our coordinators install scheme and system. So that's, I think that's good that he's going to let that happen. But um, to say like, oh, they were really close last year to a Rose bowl season or a Pac-12 championship. I don't think that's being uh, genuine.
1: Yeah. I, and I think we've already gotten the defense and the special teams installed. Uh, I would pay close attention to <laughs> to those two. I would let you know, as I said, hands off on the offense. Let the, you know the air raid experts and the guys who run it in uh, uh, Harold and and Jinx. Uh, you know, take take care of that. But but I spend a lot of time uh, you know with uh, de- with defense and uh, and special teams. I mean, you know, you can call John Baxter the best special teams coach in America, and and, and you know, and I know people would look at what he did at Fresno and all of that. I don't know that that applies even close anymore. I think some things have to happen. Special teams have to get better, you know, every, almost every phase of special team And defense, I, I just don't think you can run kind of an NFL you know, defense that's predicated on being able to communicate the way NFL veterans do. And if you're, you are know, haven't been here a couple of years, you're not going to really see the field unless everybody in front of you gets hurt. Uh, I can't be the way it's got to be. You've got to simplify things. You've got to get them out there. I think that's one of the things we hear about Graham Harrell. that's so good is his ability to simplify what can be fairly, you know, complex kind of an offense. And I think they've got to do that on all levels. And I think uh, I think I'd like to see them concentrate on you know simplifying, uh, you know, making it more player friendly on both uh, defense and special teams. I- I'd love to see that happen this spring. Uh, we'll see. So
0: he also talks about, uh, you know, losing Cliff Kingsbury. It's part of the, the industry, you know, like Keeley said, Eminent, uh, they'll announce the new offensive coordinator here really soon. Expect that to happen quickly. He mentions the four new uh, assistants that were hired, but he also talks about, you know, we, I, talk, I know we talked about Chris Hawkins being a graduate assistant, but also Vianney Talamayval is going to be a graduate assistant. So two former Trojan football players will be GAs on this squad.
1: And um, and I like what he says. Our new OC, our new offense coordinator, will be someone who is knowledgeable, innovative, dynamic, and successful in both pass and run games. Has the ability to teach the system to the entire offensive unit. Uh, I think that's that's really crucial. I mean, I think that ability to you know put it all together. I think one of the attractive parts about uh, both Kingsbury and Harrell is the willingness to use the running backs and at times use a couple of running backs and uh and I think USC's you know well suited to handle that. They've got running backs. You don't even have to teach them to catch the ball. Uh they can do that. And uh and they also use the tight end, you know, when applicable or as an h back. I just like the there's more balance. And, you know, I know uh you know a little more than 300 yards uh you know a game uh passing and like 153 yards a game rushing he would take that that would be uh, that would be uh, you know something that you know if this offense can do that um, you know it's been a big that would be a big big step forward
0: yeah uh, any thoughts Keeley from from the release you were kind of scanning there too?
2: Um, I think it just shows how bad this off season was for USC. <laughs> for real though, I'm being serious because they don't like addressing anything, you know, and it and, and got so bad that they're, I think the thought process was, okay, we have to have Clay Helton address this, you know, we have to have something and we, and we aren't hearing from them, so they're going to do it in-house and they're going to address it, but I think it just shows of... you you almost needed a state of the union from Clay to be like, okay, this is what we believe, this is where we're going, and I have to touch on some of the bad things that happened over the course of the past couple months. So I just, I mean, it it sounds like good things, and we've heard good things from Clay throughout his entire tenure. It's just whether or not those things can be put to practice.
1: I mean, one can only imagine the feedback they're getting from people that they're trying to, uh, you know, re-up for their season tickets or for their Cardinal and gold donations or scholarship club donations or whatever. We, we, you hear, you know, anecdotes of people trying to, you know, work in that, that area that, you know, I know somebody said it's the worst job in America right now, trying to, you know, sell season tickets for USC football. Uh, So they have access to, you know, what's going on there. So they know, they got to come out and, and say. So, I mean, here they are in a in a town now, where you know when Pete was here, the Rams weren't here, the Chargers weren't here. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl. The Chargers are all reinvigorated. I mean, you know this is a you know bronze here. The Dodgers, you know, two World Series. I mean, this is a this is a very fast track uh, in terms of uh, sports competition. And USC, you know, just can't sit back and just say, we're USC, which has been kind of the theme for the past few years. They have to, they have to, you know, say they're doing something and then they got to do it. I mean, you know, and that hasn't been uh, kind of a natural thing for USC to be able to do. They just, you know, kind of say we're USC and and everybody knows it. And no, that's not how it works right now. They've got to get out there. And get it done, and uh, which is why they they got to get the Harold thing Harold thing done. It's interesting they put it out today before they apparently yeah. have the sign signed contract for for Harold. I mean, I think everything is agreed to. You know, everything, all the T's, you know, crossed and dotted dot. You know, everything like that. And I know it takes a day or so to get through the whole uh HR you know procedures at USC in terms of uh, you know putting everything uh, together they just have a process that they have to follow which uh, which maybe you know finishes up by the end of today day uh, or tomorrow but that they put this out before that that's a good point Keely <laughs> he must have been backed into the corner cuz <laughs> you thought you would unless they want to do something really special for the offensive coordinator when he's he's actually named and maybe even have a press conference or something I mean, that was a shame about Cliff Kingsbury. We hardly knew you, Cliff. No. You came and went, and we never got the him. Yeah. I mean. I
2: mean, it probably would have been worse, though, if we had this whole press conference and then he leaves.
1: Good point. I mean, uh, yeah, you're kind of stuck both ways. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but you're right, Kelly. This is, this, is, this is not the uh, customary way for USC to operate.
0: No. And it, it's towards the end. He t- he mentions the Brew McCoy stuff that Keeley had mentioned. Um, he said it, the, his decisions was pers- was personal to him, uh, and he said that you know it's transferring is more common. He mentions the transfer portal. He said the other day there were uh, almost two thousand football players in the portal, and over thirteen hundred of them were Division One. He said everyone is experiencing attrition. It's something that all head coaches have to manage when it comes to rosters and recruiting. And we'll, we'll talk about the portal a little bit, but there's, there's a lot of attrition away, for, you know, people leaving USC uh, and we've seen other programs, there's a lot of programs that have a, but it's not just USC. There's other programs too, but not really seeing anyone kind of uh, coming in. But he also says at the end, like um, he's excited for the season. He said, we have a chip on our shoulder and something to prove. So that's interesting. It'll be a little bit different attitude where this team will feel like you know they're not the de- defending Pac-12 South champs. They're not going to a big bowl or anything. They're not going to a bowl at all. So maybe they will have more of a chip on their shoulder.
1: Well, I mean, they certainly, uh, when you look at uh, early preseason takes that have USC fourth in the Pac-12 South, uh, they better have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, that's just, uh, it's just that's incomprehensible uh, for them to, Find themselves where they are right now. I mean, I, one would think, you know, because I mean, last year we would hear things consistently where you talk to the secondary guys and they said, "Hey, we got the best secondary in the country, not just the conference, the whole country." You just say, "What are you talking about?" I mean, <laughs> but there's that sense of you know well-being uh, that USC had, you know, the where everybody gets a trophy. Um, and they just didn't have that, like that competitive fire, you know, they just, that, that went away. I mean, it, it, just did not exist last year. And you know where it went, I don't know, but yeah. interesting. They really define the uh, new director of uh, you know, strength and conditioning, which you would think everything that's in here would have already been a part of that job. Yeah. That they need to <laughs> go into 300 words with great specificity. Uh, you think, what was going on here?
0: Yeah. One other, one other. you know, if, I don't want to be nitpicky, but when you put up a statement like this and you're addressing all the things like, they have little promo videos on the side.
2: Yeah, I got that too.
0: One of them is USC offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury arrives on campus. Like, maybe get that <laughs> out of the rotation. Like, you probably don't want to be putting that out there. Yeah. Wow, I just I, I tweeted a screenshot oh, of that. Wow. Yeah. So. Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't want to be mean. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but that's like that's that's like a little salt in the wounds. Yeah,
2: maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs>
0: But is, the timing's interesting, yeah. Not just that because it, it came out right as we started recording the podcast, essentially, <laughs> but that you they're going to announce Graham Harrell like within the next twenty four hours, probably like maybe forty eight hours, but soon. Um, and so, would you wait until you could? At, like, you haven't said anything, you know. And it's like you're going to say something big here in the next day. Why are you saying something like? big right before you say something big. Do you, you know think I mean? they're
2: trying to address it like, yeah, 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 this happened. Okay, get that out of the way. The bats us out of the way. Look, we have a new offensive coordinator. Yeah. Let's be positive and move forward, which if they two, want to do that. Two
1: straight days of tra- two straight days of great news for UFC fans maybe, you know, they get a second second bite of the apple this week. Yeah. I don't know.
0: But man, if USC beats like Washington, who's undefeated in the Pac-12 and and basketball tomorrow night and Wednesday night, <laughs> Look at it's just all you know. The whole offseason right. just turned around.
2: When Graham Harrell broke the news, I literally got two texts, and they were like, "You get to talk about positive things now. I'm so happy for you."
0: <laughs> it's like something good. Yep. Um,
1: and we are. Ha- I mean, th- to be honest, we are happy. This is good news. If we can talk about it and 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 paint, uh, you know, the positive picture here, and there is a positive picture to be painted. I mean. I mean, one of the, the best things Graham Harrell's got going for him is whatever he does it's compared to just one of the worst offensive performances that anybody's ever put in, certainly at USC last year. I mean, that was so subpar, and the results and the stats and everything just so unacceptable that this is positive. Anything that, yeah. that Graham does is going to be positive, I think. I just can't imagine it won't
0: be. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly a step in the right direction. All right. Well I guess back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Um yeah. we want to uh so we had questions about the offensive coordinator stuff, right? Keely? We do, indeed. So
2: shall we get into Yeah, that? might as well. Steve class of USC, uh, 97 says I've written in a few times about the offensive coordinator search and only half snarkily predicted that Tim Droneau would be the hire. I really thought Helton would be lazy and un- uninspired after Kingsbury left. So I was pleasantly surprised when Graham Harrell was the hire in my opinion, this might be a better hire than Kingsbury. Yes, Kingsbury was the flashier hire, but Harrell is more likely to stick around for several years, allowing the Trojans to really grow in this new offensive system. What are your thoughts? Thanks and fight on, Steve.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think you can make a glass half full, uh, you know, comment about a lot of stuff, uh, and that's certainly, you know, certainly one of them. Uh, I, I just think they've got to get through next year, though. I think the focus has to be on just t- tremendous improvement, you know, in winter, weight, winter weights and throwing. I, it'd be interesting to see if that changes a little bit. I mean, they've kind of gone away from any kind of, you know, winter throwing. I mean, Ryan and I used to camp out there, try to see what was going on and who was doing what. And uh, that kind of went away completely. Um, and then to see what, you know, what spring ball is going to be like. Uh, that'll be you know, very instructive, but I think you can, you know, pay to, Picture that—that uh, that this is uh, this is positive, positive stuff, and uh, it gives the kids kind of a, a an outlook like, okay, last year was tough. The first part of the off season has been maybe tougher. Now there's a ray of hope. Now we got okay. We are going to do this. We're geared up to do this. This is who we are, and um, I think that's that's the kind of positivity that every program has to have. And it was lost. I mean, if you're picked to be fourth, uh, I guess with John Wilner, picked them, picked them fourth in the Pac-12 South for next year. That's just, you know, that's, I mean, what do you do if you're a USC football player and you're looking at that and thinking, how did this happen? How could we possibly be that team? And um, they've got to have a way out. What's our, you know, what's our way out? You've got to be thinking. And, uh, uh, you know, you gotta figure it out. You gotta do it with the weightlifting. I, I, I think I, I wish I there's some little mention of, of eating right and diet and all of that. I hope, you know, that, that they make a commitment there so they you know, compete with the big boys in terms of, you know, what they're doing with the nutrition program. I don't think we saw anything about uh uh staffing up and recruiting, but that's another thing that has to happen. You gotta do all of those things. That they haven't gotten to any of that much yet, uh Is worrisome. That's not probably a good thing. And and you know that they stuck with the uh, commitment on the offensive coordinator is the one really good thing. And whatever has had to happen last week in terms of you know the negotiations that went on most of the week, uh, and they they were seemed you know they were able to get it done. I think that's a plus. That's that's very much a plus. But I think there's a whole lot of work to do. And I'd really like to see the coaching staff come together and explain how they're going to get better. How are you going to get better on, off, on defense and special teams? How does that happen? How how, how do you get better in the weight room? Uh, how do you work harder? You know what what has to happen for you know this team to practice better? I mean last year's uh, spring ball I thought was just a throwaway. I mean it was like uh, some of the uh, bowl practices. That can't be anymore. It's gotta be a lot more serious, a lot more competitive, a lot more physical, a lot more demanding.
0: Yeah. And Steve, I think one other thing too is the way USC hired after Cliff Kingsbury sort of made it almost impossible to keep going that way because you Kingsbury was the big change. And everyone else, outside, you know, you could say Mike Jenks was, you know, he was a former head coach. That was something. It was, you know, but the rest of the hires were like, you know, Greg Burns, someone that's been around before, you know, promoting Joe DeForest, you know, Chad, however you say his name, um, you know, Boise State. Easy like, for you to say. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like there was any huge hires after that. So I think you had to go back and try to get somebody big for offensive coordinator because you really didn't go out and get anyone big for any of the other positions.
1: No, oh. there's no doubt. It, it So much resided in the offensive coordinator. This was an absolute must-get. I, I said today – if you had to make a trade and decide, you get Brew McCoy and he goes to Texas, or you get you go to Texas and you bring in uh, Graham Harrell. I think that you know Graham Harrell is the more important get. USC needed him more, uh, as much as you hate to you know lose a uh, a talent like Brew McCoy. USC needed Graham Harrell more. That was the that was the one thing that had to happen uh, coming out of the off season.
2: Eric in Duck Country says, how would you grade the Graham Harrell hire? And would you, would your grade be the same if Kingsbury, uh, that hire never happened?
1: Hmm. Good question. Probably not. Yeah. I would say, you know, Kingsbury was the best person you could have gotten in the entire country in every way. So if you gave that an A+, I don't, know, I don't think, you know, A- minus or whatever. I mean, you're going to go to the air raid, you need to go to you know with somebody who, who uh, really really understands it. Doesn't have to ask somebody well, what do we do here or how would this you know or whatever. And, and the air raid just makes by far the most sense for USC's offense with the current personnel, and maybe going forward. I mean, California, you know, leads the world in seven on seven football. Uh, has two of the top three high school programs in the country, both of whom, uh, you know, can throw the ball. Uh, has four of the top ten probably high school programs in the country. Doesn't have a lot of the big offensive linemen maybe that you see in other places, and 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 so I think for the you know the long haul, this is the way USC football has to go. It reflects what's going on, you know, on the West Coast and in California. And uh, I just think you have to go with it. I mean, who couldn't love Marcus Allen and, you know, uh, all those great offensive linemen, you know, Anthony Menezes and Ronier and all those guys. They're just not coming back. They, they, they're, you don't see those players as much out here. And, but you do see a lot of, you know, a lot of good offensive talent. I think you have to go with the talent that, that you can get and that, that you can win with. And uh, I think this is a step in the right direction.
2: So in that sense, Dan, what would your grade be, to answer Eric's question?
1: I think A-minus maybe, B-plus, something like that. I think it's a pretty good hire. I give him you know, credit. You know, if I, mean, I made you know, Kingsbury an A-plus, I don't think anybody would argue with that. I mean, if you, if you hire a guy a month before he gets an NFL head coaching job, and he's young and innovative and all these other good things that you needed to have done with your program, they couldn't have had a better hire. Now, did USC get all the credit for that? No, I think Kingsbury wanted to come to L.A. Uh, he picked USC out. Uh, he's a good buddy of Matt Liner. I have a feeling Matt Liner probably was telling him things like, they got a lot of talent that can make the air raid go. Uh, this would be a pretty good place to hang out for a year or two. Uh, so I don't know that USC... You know, just did everything that it, you know, that gives you all the credit for getting Kingsbury. But Kingsbury, I think, would have been the best hire in, the, in college football in the offseason in the whole country. Um, so now you've gone down that road. You have to, I think, the worst thing they could have done was say, eh, forget that air raid. Never mind. We, we'll go to what we know. Nuh-uh. And they couldn't do that. And I know the people who were scared about, you know, elevating, you know, Coach Trevno, Uh I can understand their fear that something like that was going to happen. Uh, I don't think it could. I think the response would have been so negative uh, to replace Kingsbury with an in-house hire. I think even we say USC sometimes exists in a bubble. Even USC knew in that whatever bubble they exist too often, they couldn't get re- get get away with that. That would not have flown, and you couldn't put out an announcement like they put out today, and saying Coach Drevno, you know, distinguished himself as the offensive coordinator at Michigan and blah blah. No, that was not gonna that wasn't gonna fly.
2: Yeah. So at least credit for coming back to the table and trying to get. Who was left out there? That yeah. was good. Yeah. So, uh, but on the other hand, Troy Trojan has a, a different opinion than we do. He says making a commitment to the air raid shows Helton has no, av- has absolutely no plan on what he is doing. By marrying yourself to the system, he is just essentially threw away his defense under the bus. Opponents now will need to score in a hurry to keep up, and will do that by throwing. The problem is that you have a whole bunch of pups in the secondary. You need to keep them off the field, yet Helton will do the opposite by running less. Added to that, Clancy Pendergast's stubbornness in running man coverage 90% of the game, which, you if you don't know, quickly tires out your DBs. Historically, when you abandon the run, you abandon championships. This has the potential to go off the tracks quickly. Your thoughts?
1: Well, I think you've got to adjust on defense. No question about it. You've got to work on the on the pass rush. It got to got to got to do a better job uh, than they did last year. I mean, you look at you know they have guys that ought to be able. They ought to be able to get some pressure with a you know with a four man front that they couldn't is on them. I don't. I mean, I think these these guys you know can do that. Uh, But they got to be coached up. They you got to call the game right, and you got to do all that. I don't think that you can say, "Oh my gosh, we're going to have young defensive backs. We better get them off the field." You can't think like that if you're a USC. You know, maybe that's Washington State's approach. uh, You know, thinking that they got to outscore everybody. And if it comes down to it next year, what you say is we will outscore people if that's what it takes. You just you have to go. You know, you have to outscore people. USC. If it becomes a battle of attrition. USC should win those battles, even with you know all the people that have left. USC should be able to be able to put enough people on the field, coached up enough with with enough talent that uh, uh, you know that they can stay on the field with people. I mean, it's the Pac-12 for God's sakes. Come on, uh, you know you. I, I just I pro, I just don't get people who say, Gosh, how can USC stay on the field with you know the people they're playing. Come on, how could they not? It's USC. I mean, it's still the talent USC is going to have more talent than anybody they play next year and, and flip a coin on Notre Dame. Uh, probably USC still has more talent, but uh, uh, so that should not be you can't think that way if you're USC, I don't think at all. You just sit to say, what do we have to do on defense to make this work and then do it?
0: And I think for people that you – know, if you're watching Mike Leach, if you, that's not what the Kingsbury offense was like. That's not what the Graham Harrell offense was like. Yes, there's a lot of passing concepts, but there's – they run the ball too. I mean, it's not like they don't run the ball. They've had a couple of thousand-yard rushers there. Um, so there's there's more running of the football than there is if you just watch Washington State and Mike Leach. So if you – it's different. So just – you know, we don't know how it's going to end up being at USC. They're probably going to run the ball even more than they did at North Texas is what I'm guessing – um, but you know, here you go. That's, I mean, it's, it's you different.
1: Know, if, they, if, if they average 153 yards a game, which North Texas did, uh, and, and I think they were up in the high seventies in terms of plays where USC was in the low seventies. So there's not that great of area. We're not talking about somebody that's going to throw, you know, or, or run 80 some plays a game. Uh, I don't think that they're, they're going to quite go there. So I mean the variance isn't as much as it it seems. I just think the effectiveness is the difference. I just think they'll they'll do a better job in terms of uh, you know pass efficiency and uh, choosing when to run and 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 just I think they're going to put teams in in, you know in more. What you want to do is put them in uh, a difficult situation in their defense. Uh, Your defense then has to come on and, and get the job done. And there's no question they have the talent to do that, uh, especially against the schedule they play. I mean, I'm not somebody that says, oh, my God, their next year's uh, first six games are the toughest, you know, first half of a season that USC's ever played. I just don't believe that. I just don't think that's true. Uh, And USC should never be in that defensive crouch uh, when they're playing somebody. You know, you play us. Don't we're not worried about us having to you know play you. Here's who we are. Here's what we do. We're going to do it really well. We've got enough talent to make it work, and uh, we're going to believe in it and trust it. And and that a lot of that's kind of gone, you know, gone away. Uh, but I don't think you can let yourself think those thoughts. That's not the way USC. And you can say, oh, but be realistic. This is who we are now. Well, no. you guys, USC's got to change. They can't keep thinking like that
2: I know this is minor but I think there's also something to be said for having an offensive coordinator who's also the quarterback's coach I don't think the configuration of having an offensive coordinator wide receivers coach really worked well and I I think we heard it throughout the season that T Martin was stretched too thin and when you have a guy like JT Daniels who's young and needs more instruction I think having your offensive coordinator be the quarterback's coach is going to be an upgrade from what USC has had before
1: that's a great point. And I think it's way more than a minor point. Uh, I think you know T. Martin wasn't able to be in the quarterback room. Yeah. You know he he was with the wide receivers. Uh, that can't be the way it works. I just I don't I don't think at all. And I watched today. I watched if you guys get a chance. The link is on the uh, on the about uh, um, uh, Graham Harrell coaching last spring. I guess at, at Texas. Uh, excuse me, at North Texas. One of the things you notice right away is the first thing he's talking about is feet position. And position uh, so that you can uh, immediately deliver the ball no matter what happens in the, uh, in the play, how it, how it develops. And showing guys that if you got your feet too close together, well, you couldn't deliver the ball right there. I think that's a real plus for uh, JT Daniels in terms of uh, discipline of his feet because he's got that great quick-release arm, but you've got to be in position with the rest of your body. And I just thought that was one little tip. But it was feet first, then eyes. And um, I just thought just a little way that he broke it down as a guy who did this. I mean, he got the most touchdown passes in, in NCAA history. Uh, that's a, And the second most yards. That's like a kind of a thing, you, you know, kids pay attention to that. I think he's, he's been there. He's done that. Now he's coached. He's coached receivers uh, at Washington State for Mike Leach. I think he's, uh, you know, just thirty-three, but he's the whole package. And the fact that he grew up in a third generation of a, uh, you know, legendary uh, Texas high school football coaching family is really a big deal. I think uh, you know he's he's lived it his whole life, and uh, I just think he he's one of those. Um, and I'm, I've not been always a big uh, proponent of quarterbacks. As you know, seeing the whole the whole you know thing in the defense and the special teams and all that. But as far as a quarterback who I think will be able to take over the whole offense, I I really like uh, I really like what I you know what I'm seeing you know, of, of Graham Harrell, what we're hearing about him. Um, I just think um, you know I couldn't be more positive you know at this point. But the fact that he'll be in the quarterback room, I think, is really big.
2: Yeah. Uh, so Keith emailed us. He wants to know if Kerry Colbert had anything to do with USC losing wide receivers. And if you didn't know, Trayvon Sidney is in the transfer portal and Josh Inventor Bebe announced this week that he's going to transfer out.
1: I think it's mostly when you're three, you know, top three, or you could say that your top five wide receivers are coming back and you've signed a couple of really good ones. Um, or you've got commitments from, you signed one, he's gone, but you've got commitments from a couple of other really good ones. I just think it, it was more a, a numbers game. Uh, you might want to have, you know, one of those or, or two, you know, in isolation you might say, gosh, I wish, uh, you know, Teron had stayed or I wish, uh, wish Josh had stayed, but uh, I don't know that you could, you know, put down on paper, even, you know, you're going to go, you know, four, uh, four wide receivers much of the time. I still don't know that you could put down a path to the field uh, for those guys enough to maybe make it worth their while, maybe one. But, but you know, and it's, it, if you get your degree like Josh uh, Amater Baby did, uh, why not? You've got two years uh, of eligibility left. Why not, uh, you know, go somewhere where they really need, uh, you know, a wide receiver? Um, so, so I, no, I wouldn't attribute any
0: of that to, to carry. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting because you got, you know, there's four wide receivers that are gone. Randall Grimes also, and of course, Brew McCoy. That's one of those risky sort of hires though. I like Kerry Colbert a lot, but he's never been a wide receivers coach. He's, he was a great wide receiver. He's been around, you know, he's been in you know the Alabama program and stuff, but that's one of those things where you only have, you have one inexperienced wide receiver coach in an offense that typically has two wide receivers coaches. So um, it's, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think, I think they like Kerry Colbert. So I don't think that would be a reason, but it definitely is going to be one of those questions. Just like last year going into the season, you know, it's like you're going to have a new offense and you have a, a, a green wide receivers coach last year. You're going to have a new quarterback and you had a new quarterback's coach. So sometimes there's like, yeah, maybe it's okay, but you're like, you know what? You could have really made it okay having two wide receivers coaches, and one of them, at least one of them, being very experienced in the air raid.
1: Yeah, I think having the two wide receivers coaches is if you had to pick apart, you know, something that you didn't like about this staff, you know, that would be it. Uh, and yet, you know, they don't have any mismatches like last year with you know uh, Tim Drubno as the running back coach. I mean, so you know, you don't quite have it to that level. Uh, you know of a mismatch, but I do think this is an offense that uh, a second wide receiver coach is 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 really justified and, and and maybe not there yet, and maybe something will you know happen to at least adjust that uh, a little bit, but uh, but you know we'll see. But you know, Terry, uh, that's a that's a challenge. I know the one thing I always tell people is Kerry Colbert was the one guy. That Pete Carroll singled out uh, of all the players he coached at USC, he thought Kerry was the one most suited to be a college coach. So I've always thought about that that, that Pete, you know, singled Kerry out and said he's the guy of, of all the people that have played at USC while I was coaching here. So we'll see how that plays out.
0: We, uh, we mentioned the transfer portal many times already. Uh, you know, Clay Helton in that statement talked about attrition. Um 247 Sports has a really cool feature. We we've been linking to it on USCFootball.com. Um, but basically about uh what's going on with the transfer portal. And they they list um all of the, the players from each school and where they're transferring and all that kind of stuff, and they'll tell you if they're immediately eligible. Um some of the, the people are just in the transfer portal. So like a Trayvon Sydney. Maybe he likes the Graham Harrell hire and decides, you know, I'm going to stick around because I would, you know, I'd catch a lot of balls or something like that. Um, so we don't know at this point, but we have that up in the, the the whole transfer portal. You can see everybody in there. There's Bubba Bolden, Akili Ross, uh, Olawali Batiku, Levi Jones, Randall Grimes, Josh Metor Bebe, and Trayvon Sidney. Bru McCoy is not listed, but they switched, basically had to switch recruiting classes. It's more of a database thing, but he he entered the portal as well. But we have a transfer portal question for you, Dan, a voicemail, so I'll play it for you right now.
3: Curtis from Moreno Valley. The transfer portal, you guys were talking about that for the people that are uh, in it from USC. If you do a Google search, there are so many real good players that might not be getting the playing time that they want at their school, big, fast powerful people who are highly rated in high school, but for some reason or another, they're having a problem getting on the field. So it could be just like uh, our people, you know, that are leaving at some kind of problem, who knows. But our coach, Clay Helton, has a chance to get whatever he wants out of the transfer portal. Every possible position is in the transfer portal. Curtis from Moreno Valley
1: Curtis I think for those of us who've been around USC for a good while USC and transfer doesn't always go together that well either way uh, a lot of guys that transfer out of USC don't seem to do all that terribly well uh, didn't when they were encouraged by the uh, NCAA sanctions uh, only occasionally and and people who transfer in uh, it just hasn't been, you know, a great, uh, uh, a great track record uh, for USC, uh, you know. And, and, and let's face it, if they're in the transfer portal. They're the reason they're in there. And, um, you know, is that what you want, you know, to be you know, looking at? I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there might be, like, like some people say, well, if you could save one of your own kids, And maybe that, you know, maybe that would be the thing if you decide, okay, the way this is going to break down personnel-wise, we really need that guy. And is there a way to to re-recruit somebody? Uh, I might look, you know, with favor on that. But, uh, you know, you get the sense that you do too much of that, you're just picking up somebody else's problems. And uh, I'm not sure USC right now is the place to um, cure somebody else's uh somebody else's problems every once in a while there's a grad student situation i think who can get eligible immediately and usc is is, is the place to be because of the position or, or where he you know where he came from or all of that but uh, i think you have to be really careful about going through the uh transfer portal i think learning how to use it and how to you know make it work for you i think is, is something we're just People are just figuring out now, and uh, I would be a little wary in terms of uh, of thinking, "Oh boy, we can solve all of our problems here." Uh, I'm not sure that's the case.
2: So we have a couple questions about Brew McCoy. Uh, Stephen Poway says, Can you fill us in on the Brew McCoy situation? This guy was mysterious from the beginning. It looks like he never even attended any classes. Was he conflicted with his parents on where to go? How does one of the top recruits in all of California end up on USC's campus for two weeks and then decide to leave for Texas? Is this an indication of a much larger problem or just a case of a fickle 17-year-old? And then John in Oakland says, I find the Brew McCoy transfer very curious. After enrolling early at USC, why wouldn't he wait to see who Helton selects for the offensive coordinator before transferring do you think he was just unhappy dealing with usc's academics and classes or was he being approached by other schools trying to convince him to leave usc it just seems unusual i thought schools were not supposed to go after kids once they were in a school so should usc ask the ncaa or pac-12 to look into the circumstances surrounding his transfer
1: yeah i don't think they're going to do that i think there's kind of an agreement between usc and and Brew, that neither one's going to say anything bad about the other one at this point in time, I do think he was much, much, much closer to going to Texas than than anybody realized, and I mean, you know, we all knew you know it was down to those two, but I, I think he was really conflicted. I think there was a, a really good relationship, apparently, if you see the video between his dad and uh, Texas's uh, director of recruiting uh, that they just got along. You know, famously well. And I think, you know, there's been a portion of, you know, of time where USC's not been, you know, staffed up and personneled up and, and had the ability to, to maybe build some of those kinds of relationships and give Texas credit for doing that. So I think, uh, you know, and then with the, you know, Kingsbury leaving, and I think Kingsbury had made the difference, it sounds like, or, or could have been the difference in, um, you know, his, uh, you know, arrival and convincing, uh, you know, Brew uh, to stay around and, uh, and that he leave, you know, Kingsbury leaves. And I think, you know, that may have been enough to, you know, trigger Brew. And, and there's no question right you know, now at USC, there's a lot, of, a lot of people wondering, is this a program on the rise? Is this a program that's figured it out? Is this a program that has a chance? And, and you don't have to say that about Texas. I think they've convinced everybody now that they, they do know what they need, to, you know, where they need to go and how, they, how they're getting there under Tom Herman. And I just think, you know, Bruce a kid that, from Palace Verdes who, you know, went to Santa Ana every day and uh, decided he would you know, help whatever had to happen to, you know, get modern day to the uh, best program in the country. And I think he saw that way to go more with Texas than, than with USC, even though, you know, some of his modern day guys were at USC. I do think it was a personal choice. I think it was a family choice. I think the dad really was, which is interesting if you've got, you know, um, Southern California family, but kind of looking like they want their, you know, son to go to, to go to Texas. But, but I think it was all those things, you know, put together. And uh, I don't know that we're ever going to know, uh, you know, what was the ultimate you know, decision maker uh, in, in that situation. But uh, I don't think we're going to hear it because I don't think anybody's going to say anything negative. About um, the other, how they how a decision was made, but yeah, it's really unusual. You would think, and I don't know if it's going to play out well. If he doesn't get the, the NCA decision in his favor to play next year, he's taking a risk because he could have stayed. Absolutely, could have stayed through the semester, through spring ball, um, gotten his grades. And, and I, my guess is they've got it, so he's going to get his spring grades at Texas. Uh, but uh, and get his credit. So he won't, you know, have wasted the spring, but uh, um, and does he, you know, does he participate in spring ball with Texas with the hope that he's going to play next year? My guess is he does. So he's, he's, you know, he still probably gets a spring ball. uh, But, um, but, you know, that was the risk he's taking, you know, he wants to play at Texas. So he's going to take the risk and maybe he doesn't get to play. And, Maybe he'd have been better off staying at USC for the spring and seeing how it goes and then go to Texas. But then, you know, it might have been harder to get that, you know, ruling uh, that he gets eligible immediately. Uh, so he's flipping a coin, and I don't, I don't know that anybody can say he did the wrong thing. You know, it's so hard to get inside a kid's head, and I don't think we should try at this point. I just think, you know, encourage him to make the best, most informed Uh, decision for themselves and then say, well, good luck and we wish you well.
2: Uh, Steve also wants to know, do you expect fellow monarch Bryce Young to follow McCoy to Texas next year?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't think so. No, I don't. He doesn't look like, uh, he doesn't look like the Texas type quarterback. I would, I would think this much more likely that, that he's, uh, he's at USC, uh, under these circumstances, uh, than, uh, you know, I mean, you do get a you know, quarterback guru, uh, young as he is, uh, that, um, by coming to USC. So I think this much more helps him in his case. Uh, I don't I think there's any question about it.
2: Percy Tillman, uh, he says, Dan, what are you sensing among the current players, especially this class, uh, with, as their mood? Were they surprised or more encouraging to McCoy on his departure?
1: Yeah, I think they were, you know, conflicted. I think they they like him. They would like him to do well. I think, you know, obviously his, especially his modern-day guys, would certainly, you know, have wanted him, you know, wanted him to hang around. But, you know, I think everybody right now was in this sort of, you know, suspended animation as to because, you know, there hasn't been an offensive coordinator. And, you know, there were, you know, rumors about, you know, Jed Fish uh coming over from the Rams after, you know, stints at UCLA in Michigan, and that certainly would have uh, not been uh, good for the air raid. Uh, It would have been no air raid. So I think the players were kind of, you know, in in this, you know, place where they didn't know what what exactly to think about where this is all going. Uh, They started, uh, you know, early morning weightlifting sessions and conditioning, and nobody's in charge. I mean, I'm not saying nobody's in charge. They've got assistant, uh, you know, uh, strength and conditioning, uh, directors, but, uh, there's nobody overall, you know, running the program. So you could imagine they're kind of like, well, let's, how's this going to work out? What are we, what are we going to be running on offense? How do we, uh, you know, how do we, uh, look at the, at spring ball? How do we look at our winter, you know, session? So I think there was a lot of, you know, just questioning more than anything
0: about where is this going? Uh, we got a voicemail question we're going to play. Uh, our friend, I think it's our friend Joan in this one, not real happy with the way <laughs> the athletic department is, uh, is being run. There is some positive developments
4: lately, Joan,
0: but, uh, here, I'll play this for you. <laughs> Hi
4: Ryan and Dan. It's Joan Levis here. Uh, hope you guys are well. Um, uh, Been thinking a lot and talking to a lot of people out here in USC fan land, and uh, everybody's pretty upset and angry, obviously. Um, My thought is this, that obviously it is difficult for Swan um, to step down since there is no president and our board of trustees is kind of looking like our athletic department at the moment. Um, It's just on fire, and it's just really sad. It just makes me sad. But what about this? I think it's time for Helton to resign. As Dan said in his article towards the end of the season, I mean, it it would be the right thing to do. We can't even hire anybody for some of our open positions because no one wants to join an organization in in this kind of turmoil. And it's now affecting, you know, the players, and the players are – are the most important of all, and this is just not doing them justice. They came to this school to, to excel and play football and and um, and build a life, and, and they can't do that with all this turmoil. Um, it would be great if Helton would do what Mark Rick did for Miami and do the right thing and step aside so we can uh, rebuild and create that stability that uh, Swan wants. And that's the kicker here, because Swan talked about stability, and what he did with bringing Helton back has created the exact opposite effect of what he was trying to achieve. It's just its mind-boggling to me. I, I So at any rate, thanks for uh, letting me express my thoughts, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.
1: Got to give Jen credit. She puts her name behind what she has to say, and she doesn't uh, she doesn't back off. I think one of the, the things you would have to consider if you uh, say you decided we're going to hire a new football staff, we're going to turn everything over. Who would do that? This was the big concern the last time when the the last time that a head coach was appointed in football at USC, there was a sense of who in this department, who in this university would we trust to go out and find a new football coach? And I think the answer made by the person who was making that decision was no one. So Clay Helton, you know, becomes the coach for all the reasons that, that we know, uh, you know, and the positive ones, and, you know, and and there you go. So now you're in a position, say, you You know, what happens, you know, if Clay goes, does that happen before or after Lynn goes? And if Lynn goes and Clay goes and the board of trustees are throwing, you know, things at one another in the boardroom and there's no real president, how does that happen? Who hires, who would hire? So USC probably not in any position right now to make any of those kinds of moves. I mean, I don't know, you know, which comes first in terms of, I mean, let's pay attention to the new, you know, presidential hire and hope he's somebody from a power five school and a private school, maybe, and somebody who's maybe had some time at USC, but not that recently. And just maybe there is somebody like that out there. Okay. I'm, I'm, I've got a profile that, that a lot of people would like to see, you know, ha- happen, but uh, but I think maybe that has to happen before you even take the kind of look. I mean, it's tough. Lin Swan's never done this job before, and now he basically doesn't have a boss. Uh, and I'm not sure how much sharing and listening and advising is going on back and forth, you know, in the athletic department. So, you know, this is probably not a time when you can make really dramatic moves in terms of the football program, or the athletic department. But something has to happen fairly quickly, and who knows? You know, lightning could strike, and that would happen in terms of this current stance. And all the things that that don't seem to have gone right and that they haven't seemed to have figured out, maybe they'll figure it out. Now, you know, (laughs) those of us who say maybe they'll figure it out usually don't uh, end up having that happen. Uh, maybe they'll figure it out. You know, I think we set it for for um, uh, Lane Kiffin. We set it for Steve Sarkeesian. Maybe they'll figure it out. They didn't figure it out. Uh, so as far as an immediate solution, I think the immediate solution has to be that as much as possible, they get their act together. They really learn from last year. And they allow you know people like Graham Harrell to make as much uh, of an impact as possible, and the players themselves say, "Hey, we're going in the right direction now. Let's go." And and you let that you know kind of talent base take over, and it it all sort of you know builds some momentum. That's really hard to do. I mean, Pete Carroll did it because he was Pete Carroll, and got all that to happen. Uh, can you have it happen without a Pete Carroll? Uh, it's really hard. I mean, there's a reason that the two teams playing in the Super Bowl this week are coached by Bill Belichick and, 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 and McVay. You know, they're the best coaches probably in the NFL right now. It's not a surprise that their two teams are the two left standing. Uh, you know, football is a, coach's game, a head coach's game. So, um, but, uh, but I don't know that they can make any moves right now at USC. It, it would just be, you know... It would have been too difficult. I think they, they had an option when, when Kingsbury was, made the head, was offered the head coaching job at the Arizona Cardinals. At that point, USC could have said, do we make him a, a head coaching offer to keep him here and the enthusiasm about the air raid and what have you uh, and basically keep the, the rest of the staff in place. Um, that was the decision that USC had to make, and they chose uh, – you know, Lynn Swan chose stability. Uh, But uh, but as far as doing all the things Joan wants us to do, I'm not sure USC is prepared to do those right now.
2: While we're on the topic of making moves, Tony Garcia has a hypothetical for both you and Ryan. He says, so there are rumors that Jason Garrett, the head coach of the Cowboys, uh, it, He's going to be replaced by Sean Payton. What do you think of the chances of Garrett becoming our next coach if they fire him from Dallas and if Clay Helton has another disastrous season? Second part of this hypothetical uh, situation is: How do you think Jason Garrett will do at the college level? Third part: Does Garrett check all of Ryan's check for the USC for USC's next coach?
0: Interesting. I'll, I'll do the last one first, real quick. Uh, no, because he's not been no. a college head coach. <laughs> so I'm. That's the bit. That's number one. It's like, I don't think he does the fights on
1: Ryan. That's a bigger no than your, whether they know the USC fights right. or not. Yeah. No NFL coach. No, no, no. Pete was more college coach. He had the, you know, his time in the NFL, but Peter coached at, you know, college university of Pacific and, uh, and Ohio state and North Carolina state and, uh, Arkansas. He, Pete had been around, uh, the guy that he hadn't coached in the, uh, anything where, but the NFL. No, go ahead. I'm sorry, Ryan. I no, no, yeah, you couldn't you're, agree you're, with you more. Yeah, you're
0: exactly right there. Um, I mean, it doesn't seem like that's not the kind of move USC has made. Uh, I don't see that one as as being uh, likely. I don't know how he'd be as a college coach if he wants to do that. He just seemed to me like he's an NFL guy. Like you, there's some guys that are NFL guys. It's a different schedule. It's a different, and it's a lot different coaching in college, in the NFL, the recruiting aspect of it, the amount of time you have with players, it's just very different. So I I hadn't heard, Tony, anything about him thinking about going to college. Um, I mean, not that I pay a ton of attention to what's going on with Jason Garrett and the Cowboys and stuff, but that one seems like a stretch to me.
1: Yeah, I can't even imagine going from the Cowboys to college. I mean, it's just – the, the Cowboys, it's such a different world yeah. and different life and different – And then to be going to, you know, sitting in some living room, uh, some 17 year old, uh, it's just, and then, you know, instead of a seven or eight month a year job, it's a 12 month a year plus job. And you're worrying about NCA recruiting rules and compliance. People saying you can't, you know, no, it's just, uh, Pete Carroll was an absolute phenomenon that he had so much competitiveness and such a desire to prove That what happened to him in the NFL wasn't fair, wasn't right, and he got into the perfect situation at the perfect time at USC. I just don't think that's going to happen again. I don't think it can. I mean, Nick Saban obviously went to the NFL for you know a cup of coffee and realized, holy, you know, this is not for me. This is not who I am, and he got out of there as fast as he could. But uh, I just no, I don't, I don't see it at all.
0: Yeah, he's only been with the the Dolphins and the Cowboys as far as coaching goes. He has, you know, he played professionally for a while, uh, bouncing around a little bit. But no, I, I don't see that one happening. Uh, speaking though of, you know, no matter what happens, people want to, hey, who's going to be the next head coach? There's still going to be a lot of talk of that. We're we're not going to avoid it. It's going to happen. Here's a voicemail for you about that subject too. Hi guys, this question is for Dan. Can someone please explain to me the enthusiasm on the P behind hiring Urban Meyer to be USC's next head coach? Boy, I'm sorry, uh, it just doesn't really make oof. sense to me, and it doesn't really seem like a move that would make sense for USC right now either. I get that he's a heck of a head football coach, and I'm all for turning the program around, and but this just does not seem like the route. Anyways, be interested to get your thoughts. Fight on, Jason, of Longhorn country. Hey, Jason, we want to work on your pauses a little bit. Sometimes we get a little too long and we think you're done. So just uh, yeah, work no, on the pace. So he's a devoted <laughs> caller. And he is a devoted caller. And quality oh, is yeah. great. Yes, they're great. they're great sounding calls, but just work on your pausing.
1: Uh, I think the thing about Irvin, I was talking to some parents uh, who have had kids recruited by all the big programs in the country, And they will tell you he's the best in terms of how he recruits and what he does and what he says and how. Now, if you look at some of the things that happened when he was coaching at Florida, you look at some of the things that have happened, obviously at Ohio State. He's got some blind spots. He's got some terrific blind spots uh, where he, and he even admitted it. I think you know recently, uh, I guess at the bowl game, he talked about that's one of it. Somebody said something about. I know, the outside stuff going on, is that gonna bother you or whatever? And he said, Unfortunately, no. I don't let stuff bother me like that, you know, like, you know, the police arresting your players and all the other stuff that that has happened through his you his career. He pretty, you know, single minded. I think the upside of Urban Meyer would be here's a guy he have a chance to win uh national championships at three different schools. That's never been done. Not you know I don't know back in the you know 1800s or whatever but uh in terms of uh <clears throat> modern college football that would put him in a class uh of his own I mean by you know himself and he's gone right now knowing that his uh you know resume has some real negatives on it and he would probably you know relish the opportunity to not have people saying Oh, he's the guy at Ohio State with the uh, assistant coach and all of this stuff, or, or, you know, or all the things that happen in Florida. So, USC, if you're Urban Meyer and you're looking around, and let's say you're working for Fox as you are this year, and you're in LA uh, every week during college football season, you start looking around and you say, hmm. And you look at USC and you say, you know, that's one of the schools, and there aren't many, where you could win a national championship. And you wouldn't have to cheat. Hmm. So if I'm Irvin Meyer and I want to rehabilitate myself, I might pursue the USC job in a year or so, it health health permitting. Uh, and if you're USC, you got to think, man, we got you know this negative stuff here, but we got you know this other side here. I think it would be a very hard call in a lot of ways. And I know it's easy to say, nope, nope, you just wouldn't even consider it. He's just, he's he's not, you know, USC's guy. Uh, So I think there are reasons. But when you talk to some of the, you know, the parents and that, they say, man, he is so good at what he does and how he does it. And uh, so if you, you put him at USC, I mean, here's the thing you think is Urban Meyer and USC together, as was the case with Howard Jones and you know Tom you know McKay and uh, P Carroll, you win national championships. Probably you would have you'd have a really good chance to win win national championships with Urban Meyer. I don't think there's any question about it. Now where that where that fits in terms of USC's overall sense of who you, who USC is and how it does what it does. But uh, but I can see why you know people would look at that and say this because Urban Meyer wouldn't come here unless he had the ability to say you know we're still questioning whether can USC do this and strength and conditioning can he do this and nutrition can he do this and recruiting there wouldn't be any of those questions if you hire Urban Meyer those things are all done I mean you don't get an Urban Meyer without that kind of commitment so. One of the, uh, you know, things that you would say, man, that, that makes me think about it uh, positively is it would indicate a, uh, a commitment by USC to compete for national championships. Uh, is that a you know, bridge too far? Uh, I don't know. But I don't think it's one of those questions you just dismiss just because of, of Urban's, uh, the negative part of Urban's history.
0: Yeah, I, I think the the president is going to have a bit, a lot to do with that. Like, you could have a president that's like, we don't want Urban Meyer as the head coach at USC, or you could have one that would be more open to it. And and then there's, does Lynn Swan want someone like Urban Meyer to be the uh, the head coach? So I, I think there's multiple layers that you would have to kind of get through. But the president, that's something the president would have to sign off of because uh, there, you know, controversy around uh Urban Meyer. But I agree with you. If you want to like, if you want to win national championships, there's only like five guys that have won national championships, like head coaches out there. You know, uh, Bob Stoops is one of them that's not working right now. Uh, Urban Meyer is another one. So, you know, you, you get one of those two guys. I think you'd probably do a well on the field. Um, But with Urban Meyer, there's other... Keely, you look like you have something on this.
2: I just don't understand why. I think we tend to forget the drama that surrounded other USC head coaches now that Clay Helton is Mr. Clean in that sense. I just don't understand why you would bring in a head coach who has moral dilemmas, follow him around, back to after you have a coach like Clay Helton who doesn't really have off-the-field issues. I mean, in my mind, I always weigh, okay, what's bigger, moral dilemmas or trying to win a game, you know? Yeah. I tend to go for the former rather than the latter. The other one's had moral here's, here's, dilemmas, I, and they didn't win uh, games. Uh,
0: so this would at least yeah. be moral dilemma and win games.
1: Okay, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, it's not like that. they haven't had those issues uh, with coaches who didn't win games. I mean, they've <laughs> had them, you know, with both. So if you say, well, you're going to get it whichever way you go, why not get it with national championships as opposed yeah. to not? So I, Keely's I mean, on think,
0: board, it sounds like. That's good. Oh,
1: boy. Keely think, supports I mean, Urban Meyer. Remember, that's what you heard. Twitter at I my re- I, Yeah, I always remember I, I, my first high school football coaching job, I um, went and got Bear Bryant's coaching book. And I still remember in the forward, and I was going to, you know, techniques and all the ways you do this and that and the other thing. And Bear Bryant flat out said, the first thing for a coach, you have to find a president who you can work with. He said, if you don't get the right president, forget it. So he said that was the most, and he found, he had been a coach at University of Kentucky, and he'd become friends with the president of Transylvania University, which was a private school in Lexington. And that president got the job as president at the University of Alabama. And Bear said, after being at Kentucky and Texas A&M, he said, I can go work with this guy. He, you know, he and I are going to be fine. And I think what Ryan said is a good point. If you get a president who says, I can work with Urban Meyer. That's a whole different deal than if you get a president who says, holy, I don't want to work, that guy will run right over me, or I don't want to have to deal with, you know, with that guy. So I think you're exactly right. It, it all comes down to the confidence level of a, of a particular president uh, and his ability to, say, work with an Urban Meyer type guy. Uh, I'm, I'm not thinking that would apply to Nick Saban. Uh, I don't know how that, you know, you just basically have to say, you're in charge, coach. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's I, still, I, I one other little anecdote. I was um, uh, covering the Kentucky-Indiana football game one year and got on the elevator, like the first floor, and uh, second floor, Bobby Knight gets on. Third floor, the um, uh, athletic director got on. And the fourth floor, the president of the university got on. And I was just sitting back in the, uh, standing back in the corner and watching the interplay. And it was without any question of a doubt that Bob Knight was in charge of that elevator. President was second, and the athletic director was third. And the way they greeted one another, the way they dealt with one another, there was no question who was in charge at Indiana University for a number of years eventually bob knight wasn't in charge but you have to have those things play out in terms of just individual people and how you know how do they deal with one another and how do they want to deal with one another and uh, i think that would be the complete decision as far as an urban meyer type guy
2: do you have any more voicemails? No, one, good?
0: you got one last regular question, right? Yes, no?
2: one last question from Dustin. He says, after the Cotton Bowl, there were rumblings that Lynn Swan wasn't giving Clay sufficient dollars for his staff because he was setting Clay up to fail so he could bring in his own guy. Fast forward a year, and Swan has made it clear he thinks Clay Helton is the only guy who can fix USC, but the support staff is even smaller than it was, and the offers we made to Gerald Alexander and Tori Becton uh, weren't good enough to get them in the door. Uh, You look at that and then you look at h- how little they spent on the Coliseum renovation and it begs the question, is this athletic department broke? I'm not doubting that they're incompetent, but do you think there are, might be serious financial problems factoring in, <laughs> Dustin?
0: I'm, I'm not doubting that they're incompetent. Trust me, they're, this is what Dustin said. They're incompetent, but are they also broke <laughs> Like is what he wants to know. Yeah. Holy cow. Well, I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... I mean, I I don't think it helps that um, that they're going, uh, you know, that all the you know the donors and the uh, you know season ticket holders and all of those people are not coming back in the numbers that they needed them to. I think we're going to it's some interesting you know stuff is maybe going to happen in terms of the ten million dollar private suite people and 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 pulling out you know of their you know, pledges and all that. I think, you know, so I think, yeah, a dollar's a question. Yeah. Uh, I do think, though, I think the last year that we have uh, information, data about spending, I think USC spent $40 million on football. Uh, Clemson spent $38 million. So obviously $38 million in Clemson, South Carolina, goes a lot farther than $40 million in L.A. But, you know, USC isn't losing out and Alabama spends sixty nine million, and nobody's even close. You know, yeah. Is anybody going to be able to spend? You know, spend with Alabama? No. Uh, is that going to be the difference? No. Um, USC maybe definitely needs to spend more than they're spending right now, and it really hurts to be in the Pac twelve. It hurts to have the you know teams that don't don't bring a lot of fans, and and, and you know, it really hurts to have that TV contract. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but I don't think, I, I don't think the decision and you can't do this or you can't do that is essentially financial. Uh, I, I, I think if USC had to do it, they could find out, find ways to do it. Now, maybe you don't have an athletic director who knows how to do that, or maybe you don't have a coach who says, you know, who doesn't ask to, you know, re- you know, to hire people. To replace the people that left. He just does it. You know, you just you just hire somebody and then figure out how much you gotta pay them to get them to come. Uh that would happen with you know some types of coaches and it won't happen with others. I think USC probably at this point in time needs somebody who basically isn't controlled uh you know by the you know the finances. The money will come. If you win at USC Whatever you spend will be paid back in, you know, double, triple. You're gonna you're gonna send more, sell more season tickets, get more sponsorships, get more, uh, you know, donations. Um, so I don't know that that should be stopping people, uh, stopping USC from doing what they have to do, uh, you know, in terms of you know spending money. But it might be. I mean, I think there is a real possibility that that's the case because um, you don't have people who have that sense of. Yeah, we can do this. Yeah, we can get somebody to pay for this. Yeah, that's not a problem. Uh, And um, USC, I mean, I think they got by on the cheap a little bit with Pete. I mean, USC did not have great facilities compared to everybody else. Uh, And they weren't paying, you know, Pete was certainly not getting paid. the Uh, By the end of his tenure, he was, uh, for a time, the highest paid coach in the country. He didn't start out that way. And USC wasn't just throwing money hand over fist and they were winning national championships. So I don't know that it comes first, but USC, USC no matter what you think, could have enough money to be uh, you know, compete, you know, competing for national championships if only USC would have the will to do that and have people who say, give me the money, I'll spend it properly. I mean, I can see you might not say, well, why would I give somebody money if I don't think they're going to spend it right? Um, but uh, I don't think financial is stopping USC at this point. Although, in the near future, if they have you know enough things go wrong, I think money will absolutely be a factor. Uh, no question.
0: All right. Well, I think that's going to uh, wrap things up. Lots of stuff going on. We got some news while the podcast was recording. Yeah. But luckily... Uh, Keely saw that out of the corner of her eye and we got to uh, move forward. We're going to have, um, uh, w- welcome anyone that's new. We we had a big promotion, uh, subscription promotion over the weekend. So thanks for all the new subscribers. But we're going to do a special tunnel vision on Thursday night. We got to talk, you know, signing days coming up a week from Wednesday. Uh, so we're going to have Gerard Martinez in studio. And we're also going to try to take some live phone calls. I think we're going to try to do it. Kaylee's looking at Ooh. me funny. I'm, we oh, might do, boy. We're going to do a little testing here today. I got some new cords. I got some, you know, there's some stuff you got to do to make all this technically work. So we'll try to do that. So make sure you check out Tunnel Vision. Check out uscfootball.com. We'll put it up on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Periscope. But uh, maybe live calls if you want to call in and say hello.
1: Buckle up, everybody. Hey, good, uh, good, good thing the basketball game's Wednesday night this week. Okay, so we yeah. can make the basketball game Wednesday and uh, Tunnel Vision on Thursday.
0: Yeah, we were going to do – We were actually Gerard wanted to kind of do it Wednesday because we, we write the war room stuff Thursday night, but uh, we end up doing that. So, yeah, so Thursday night, make sure you check it out. Hopefully you guys enjoy the show. That is Keely Yore and Dan Weber. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening.